every word affects something. And when we actually take account and take responsibility for our words and start thinking about what we say, it can shape our lives in amazing ways. We have to think about what we let in. We have to think about what we put out. It's one of the most important ways. It is the way that God has given us for most of our communication. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. How are you guys doing out there today? I hope everyone is staying cool. Um, For us in Dallas, it's been like 110 degrees. And yes, yes, as you may have guessed, my air conditioner went out. (laughs) What? Who needs an air conditioner with six people in the house? It was one of those things where I was like, oh my goodness, I think it's getting warm. I think it's getting warm. And sure enough, yeah, it was warm. It was like 89 degrees in our house at one point, but not to worry. Help is on the way. I hope you guys are having an awesome summer. I hope you're enjoying just the gift that summer is. Those of us with kids, you know, I used to think when you guys go back to school, (laughs) go back to school, like we need some structure. We need some, you know, you guys need to not tell me another time that you're bored. Um, But the older my kids get, the more I'm like, I wish school wouldn't start for another month, you know? So I hope you're enjoying and soaking up this summer season. It will fastly come to a close here in about a month or so. Um, What is going on in my life? Well, I feel like trips are the theme of the the summer for me. I have not traveled this much personally in a very long time, but we have really decided, I think in our family, like I think I shared last week or maybe the week before, time is so important. And time is what we think we have, but we don't. It passes by so quick and the moment doesn't come back and you're like, oh, I wish I would have enjoyed that more. Um, You know, we think we have all this time, but we really don't. We were just talking that my daughter is going to be a junior in high school. And I'm like, I I promise you guys, she was just crawling. And and our producer and director, they were like, well, yeah, our kids, same way. You know, they're older as well. So I really am like taking the time this summer to go on the trips, to do the things with my kids. A year ago, Grace came to me and she said, mom, can we go on a girl's trip? And I was like, yes, my boys go hunting and they go fishing and all the things all the time. Um, Eddie takes them, you know, to weird places and fishes. (laughs) I'm like, is that even like a place? Like, how did you find this? But uh, they love to do that. And me and my girls have not done that yet. Uh, We go get our nails done and stuff like that. Y'all, y'all know I love a nail. Um, but I'll take them. I mean, Haven's been to the nail salon more times than some adults I know. It's kind of ridiculous. But I really, I was listening to what she said and she was saying, mom, I just, I really want to have a girl's trip. And so we did it, you guys, a very quick little girl's trip. And I mean, I don't know what 
is better than spending exclusive time with your girls. I mean, everything was fun. I don't even know. I have like no complaints whatsoever. We get on the plane. The girls are in the best moods ever. Haven's got her little pink earphones ready to watch her little bluey on the iPad or whatever. And um, we land. It was great. We ended up going to our hotel and hanging out. And I'm telling you, my family has called me over the last few days and they're like, how was your trip? How was your trip? The only word I have is special. There were some moments where Haven was like standing, talking to Grace. And I felt like I was telling myself, I wish I had a video recorder to record how they're speaking to each other, what they're saying. Haven would look at Grace and she's like, are you going to be home more this school year? Because Haven misses Grace because she's so busy and gone so much. And, you know, they just had all these so deep I think for a seven-year-old and a 16-year-old conversations that I was just able to sit and listen to. The bonding was absolutely amazing. When we got home, I was uh, downloading with Eddie and I'm like, we, everybody needs to do this with their kids, especially now some people have one child, we have four. So having that just secluded special time when you have multiple children is just so incredibly precious. So I'm on a, I love my kids high. And I just think that, um, you should do it. You should take the time. My daughter Haven, I I know you guys know her personality is just so fun, but she like really came into her, her and grace were vibing. I mean, they dance alike. We're big, like dancer music people in our family. They dance alike. They were dancing like everywhere. I mean, it was just really, really precious. So we have taken the time this summer to do that kind of stuff. And oh my goodness, I just love it. You guys, I just love it. Take the time. We're going to do it every year for the rest of my life. It's going to be amazing. And um, yeah, that's kind of what's happening in my life in preparation for school when I won't see any of them because all their schedules are so busy with their sports. But anyway, I'm so excited to start a new series after the break. We're going to talk all about words words, guys. (laughs) You struggle with it. You know, you do. I struggle with it all the time. I know, you know that I do. Um, and I love this because it's like, uh, the Bible is so clear about words, about how we, uh, it's not just you or me. Now, some of us struggle more than others. Some of us communicate too much. Some of us don't communicate enough. Some words are very calculated. Some words are more kind of, you know, emotional. Wherever you fall, God has a lot to say about words. And we're going to talk about it. We need it in our society right now. Oh, my goodness. I can't even handle how no one controls their mouth ever. So we're going to talk about it after the break, about what God has to say about it. Catch me after the break. This is going to be an awesome three-week series. I'll see you in a second. It's Autumn, and I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com, or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching Autumn Miles at the top of the page. 
I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Okay, here we go. Are you guys ready for this? Are we all ready? (laughs) It's going to convict you, okay? So just sit back and expect yourself to be offended, not necessarily by me, but by God and God's word, because he does not mess around when it comes to words. Words, we say them without thinking. We say them on a regular basis. They affect everything about us. Do you actually understand how the words that you hear and receive every day in a 24-hour day affect everything about you? They affect your mood. They affect what you say. They affect your outlook on the future. They affect um, what you're going to have for dinner. (laughs) My son, the first thing that he asked me every morning is, mom, what's for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. It's 730. Let me, give me a second, you know, but it affects me. I have to start thinking about it. Words are so powerful. They affect everything about you every single day. The words you let into your mind shape your entire life. I, uh, there was, you know, and especially in 2020, there was a lot of people that I feel like a lot of people are like not watching the news anymore because it's so negative all the time. But in 2020 specifically, there was such a huge push to be next to our TVs and the news to know what was happening hour to hour, second to second. I mean, it was such a crazy year that year, but that really shaped a lot of how we thought that year. And what we don't realize is how much what we're letting in affects us. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this series is because your words and their words affect you in positive ways. They affect you in negative ways. The things that you say to your children, the things that you say to your spouse, you may say them easily, but they're taken heavily. The things that you let in, the things that you put out when you just need to blow off steam and like go off on like your husband or something like that or your wife or whatever it is. Don't do that. But I'm just saying it happens. We're all human over here. Every word affects something. And when we actually take account and take responsibility for our words and start thinking about what we say, it can shape our lives in amazing ways. We have to think about what we let in. We have to think about what we put out. It's one of the most important ways. It is the way that God has given us for most of our communication, okay? Um, The beautiful thing about words is that nobody has words but humans. You know, if you think about it now, animals communicate and and crickets communicate and there's communication, but they're not given words. And even when you think about that, how God reserved the gift of words for humans exclusively, it really ups the ante of responsibility when we start thinking about it. I want you to think about your words. 
I want you to think about what you say, what you hear, what you type. I want you to think about what you receive and sit on in your mind. So this series in the next three weeks, we are going to be really covering this. This whole series was inspired by my teenage son. (laughs) I love him so much. God bless him in every way. And I know that the Lord will. But there's something about uh, not what you say, almost how you say it at times that affect people as well. And we're going through this season of Jude is like, listen, it's not what you said. It is how you said it, the emphasis you put on it, what you were trying to say by how you said it. All of those things need to be taken into consideration. Someone needs to say in this culture right now, what are you listening to? What are you saying? Would God approve of what you're listening to and what you're saying? Does it agree with his word? So I want to start off by going to maybe the most famous passage of scripture about words in James 3. James is like like these guys in the New Testament, they did not mess around, okay? In a world that right now we're trying to sugarcoat everything or, oh, that's not that bad or that's not that whatever. These guys in the New Testament, they said it, they said it straight. They didn't care what you thought about it. You know, some of the stuff that James says, I'm like, oh man, I wish he would have like, you know, put a please on there or, you know, I love you. I just want to say this. Uh, He doesn't do that. He's like, we've got a problem. We've got a problem with words, and this is what you're doing when you speak. Let's read it in James 3. Let not, (laughs) he's kind of a gangster, James. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such, we will incur a stricter judgment. Like that right there convicts me to my very core. Let not many of you become teachers. Well, what am I? I teach every single, all the time, okay? Let not many of you. Why? Because they will incur a stricter judgment. For we stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. Now, this is James 3, uh, starting in verse 1. But this is how I know that you struggle with your words. Because it sa- James says, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. Are you perfect? <laughs> Probably not, unless your name is Jesus Christ. He's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits into horses' mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Obviously, we all know the the visual of putting a bit into a horse's mouth. And you know, when someone is leading a horse, they uh, lead them. I'm not a big horse person, but I mean, I've seen it done. They lead the horse by the reins by a bit that's in their mouth. Verse four, look at the ships also, though they are so great. They're so great. They are driven by strong winds. They are still directed by a very small rudder, wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. Listen, the bit controls the horse, the rudder controls the ship. That's what he's saying right here. So also, two words that are like little bombs. So also, 
The tongue is a small part of the body, yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. He's saying one word from your mouth, your tongue, can set a whole fire aflame. Have you ever been in like a, I don't know, Thanksgiving dinner with all of your family and you guys are doing well and you're talking about, you know, the things and the, you know, how your kids are doing and, you know, the business and your job and everything is going great and you're laughing. Maybe someone's cracking jokes and, you know, whatever. And then someone says one line and everyone at the table gasps and looks at them like, what are you doing? One line, one sentence from your tongue can set aflame a small fire. They're so weighty words, how you use your tongue, what you say. He compares it to the rudder of a ship. He compares it to the bit in a horse's mouth. It directs everything about your life and it directs most things about people that are involved with you in their lives. The tongue is a fire, the world of iniquity, verse six. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. (laughs) So intense. For every species of beasts and birds of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Verse nine, and this is so convicting. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a fountain send out the same opening, both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives or a vine produce figs? Nor can salt produce fresh water. So he didn't mix or mince any words here. I think this is one of the beautiful passages of scripture that isn't preached very much. (laughs) I don't think we were remembering that this passage of scripture is actually in the Bible because he is so, James is so direct with what the tongue is, with what the mouth can do. And it causes me to pause And it holds me accountable with what I do with mine. When he says, the tongue is a fire, a very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. That's sobering. In a culture that's all about words, in a culture that's all about the TikTok videos or the, you know, captions for our social or, um, you know, the little reels that you do, um, 
in a world that is obsessed with words, we need to remember what words can do. I think we're seeing what words have done to our society right now. I think we're experiencing the consequences of not watching our words. We're watching people hate. We're watching people, um, you know, people who very flippantly have said things about the faith or about the Lord or, you know, whatever, are turning away from the faith. We're watching what it's doing to churches. We're watching what it's doing to um, how it's dividing the world. And somewhere in the mix is passages of scripture like this that we're forgetting. Because our emotions are speaking to us stronger than these words are speaking to us. Our desire to be right is speaking to us more than this passage is speaking to us. Our desire to speak into something and have a voice, which is a great thing, but we need to understand that when we're speaking into something, we have to tame what we say in the confines of how the Lord wants it said. The tongue needs to be checked. And that's what James is doing right here. I think even too, like, I totally understand that like God watches everything that we say, right? So he watches what we say, what we type, what we text. He watches all that stuff as well. And, you know, just as a point of accountability to you and just, just kind of maybe opening your eyes a little bit and opening my eyes as well, would God agree and be happy with what he sees you saying and typing? I mean, this is a simple way to say it. He's watching and it's something that I just think we need to cover. (laughs) See, I told you it wasn't going to be like, um, verse four says, look at the ships also. They're so great. And they're driven by strong winds are still directed by a very small rudder. The very small thing in your mouth is directing your whole life. We stumble in many ways. Verse two, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. It's very, very hard to do is what James is saying. We are not perfect. Jesus is perfect. What he said was very calculated. When Jesus, and we're going to talk about this here in a minute or so, when Jesus communicated, it was very calculated. He knew what he was saying. He knew what point he was getting across. And it was done in love and through love for the person that he was communicating to. Um, Proverbs 18.21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it eat of its fruit. Death and life. This is something that we uh, talk to our kids about all the time. We're constantly saying, are you bringing life into our family unit right now or are you not? Are you speaking life to your siblings or are you not? And we have to say that a lot because our kids are all, you know, they argue and they disagree and all those kind of things. But it's so strongly put here in the scripture in Proverbs that it needs to trigger us to think more about what we say. Proverbs is saying death and life are in the power of what you say. How many of you guys have like, you know, you've 
maybe you're an adult. Most of you guys are that listen. You, you can remember something from your past that stuck out to you. I actually, this very morning at about six o'clock in the morning, I was thinking through one line that someone said to me 20 years ago that I have not forgotten. 20 years ago. I've not forgotten it. I'll never forget it. Because it spoke death over my future. And I was sitting there and I was giving it to the Lord. And, um, you know, I have healed from this situation. But it so incredibly impacted my life that I still think about it today. On the other hand, I can think of people that have, have said things that are full of life. There's one woman in college, it was right after my divorce, and she said something to me, and it was so powerful to me. She talk, I, I was telling her guilt. I was like, I just can't get past this guilt. I just, I, sometimes I just feel that God's blood covered everyone else's sin but mine. And she looked at me and this was the most, one of the most life-giving things anyone had said to me. She said, don't be so prideful to think that his blood was not for you as well. Your sin was not greater than his blood. And I'm like, wow. Now it was a harsh thing that she said, (laughs) but it spoke life and it put me in check immediately. And I remember thinking as like a college kid, That's right. How in the world would I think that what I did was greater than his sacrifice for me? All of us can think of things from our past, maybe even our present, maybe even last night, um, that has given life and death to our lives. You don't want to be that person that someone thinks about in 20 years about speaking death over you, according to Proverbs 18, 21. You don't want to be that person. So the way you're not that person is to watch what you say now. Watch what you say. Watch how you say it. We're all going to mess up in this area. But when you do, ask for forgiveness. Seek for, hey, listen, I messed up. I do this all the time with people in my life. I said that sideways. I'll tell my husband, I'm sorry. That was just really dumb. I shouldn't have said that. So that I'm not that person in 20 years that someone is thinking about going, wow, that really hurt me. Okay. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, life and death are in the power of the tongue. The beautiful thing about words God's words is that no matter what they are, they bring life. No matter what they are. In Genesis 1, what we see, and I'm not going to read all of this to you because you can read it to yourself. But in Genesis 1, the words of God alone brought the world into existence. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Then God said, verse six, let there be an expanse over the waters. Let it separate the waters from the waters. Then God called the expanse heaven with his mouth. 
Then God said, verse nine, let the waters below the heavens be gathered up into one place and let dry land appear. And it was so. The perfect example of our words bringing life is straight out of the very genesis of scripture, which is Genesis one. The very first thing that we see God doing with his words is bringing life. That's how you know that God's words can be trusted because the very way he introduces us to himself is he is speaking and things are being created. He is speaking and life is given to things. He is speaking and things are happening that are beneficial to us today. God's words bring life always. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it eat of its fruit. He says, let there be, and it happened, and it was so. I'm going to just talk to you for a second through the weight we should be giving God's words over any other words in our lives because we know that God's words bring life. We tend to, I hear all the time, you know, I'm really struggling in this area, Autumn. I'm, I'm really, really struggling. And I've talked to my mom and I've talked to, you know, my therapist and I've talked to so-and-so and I've talked to this person and I've talked to, and then I just thought about it a little while. Then I watched the show, then I listened to this podcast. But I don't have an answer. What do I do? So my question to that person would be, what has God said to you? Or I get this all the time. I don't know which, which direction to take. This one seems really good. My parents like this one. My, my husband like this one. What should I do? My question always back to them is what has the Holy Spirit said to you? Because in my experience with Jesus, Holy Spirit, and God, he has never directed me wrong. And he has always, when he has spoken to me, it has created life to the next season of my life. It's created life in my mind about what direction I should go in. It's created clarity about what I need to do about a situation. The enemy wants you right now to listen to every other voice in your life, but Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. He would rather you listen to anything else because that's where confusion happens. That's where that death can happen. That's where, you know, one person eating a bad salad on a Tuesday, you call for advice. They could give you the worst advice ever and it could speak death over your future for real. You oh, listen, I think God wants me to do this. Well, have you calculated how much it's going to cost? Where are you going to have to go? What are you going to have to do? And their negative Nancy perspective could literally suppress what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and trying to do through you. You have got to watch whose words you give the most weight. Their words are not more important than his words. Your words to yourself, we'll talk about this next week, are not more important than his words. God's words always bring life and light. They bring direction and they bring clarification. If God shows us in Genesis that he creates with his words, his words are the words that we should be giving the most weight.
let there be light. And there was. His words should be consulted first, not an afterthought. His direction and what he says from his word and from his spirit should be consulted immediately when you need it. Rather than making a bunch of assumptions about what other people are saying and then getting yourself in a bind and then needing God to deliver you. The way you have a life that is following after the heart of God, that keeps you on that path, that leads you to your purpose, is following directly after God's words. His words should be given more weight than anything you see on social, than anything you read, his words. He says things like this, let there be and it happens. In Exodus 14, God says to the Israelites, go forward. You guys, a couple of years ago, I was in such a season, actually it was more than a couple of years ago, but I was in such a season of my life and, um, and I looked down and I know Exodus 14, 14, we talk about a lot, but for some reason, my Bible was open to that passage of scripture when the nation of Israel was terrified because they were staring at the Red Sea and um, the Egyptians were behind them. And the Lord did not say to Moses during that time, he didn't say, well, that really stinks. Have fun with that. I'll see y'all on the other side. <laughs> he didn't say that. He said, go forward what life that gave that nation. In uh, Judges, God says to Gideon, who was struggling desperately with his own insecurity, with his own bitterness, because God, he thought, had forgotten him. God shows up and he speaks to him and he says, I'm going to use you. You're a warrior. And he says this to Gideon, go in this your strength. And I will defeat Midian even by one man. How many of you guys need to hear that today? Go in this, this strength, this strength that you have, this strength right here. You think you need more? You don't. Go in this strength. And I'm going to defeat Gideon through you in this strength. In every portion of scripture, we see when God speaks, even though sometimes what he says is hard to hear, it brings life into a situation. And then we get into the New Testament, okay? Um, and we see what Jesus says, his words of life, what he speaks over us. I have a whole list of things right in front of me that I want to read. The powerful words of Jesus, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.16. He also says this in Matthew 5, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that same way, you will be acting as true children of God and the Father. That's in Matthew. Jesus said that. Love your enemies. You want to know what to do with all these enemies that you disagree with right now? You love them. That's what you do because Jesus did. So we're going to have to too. Keep on asking. And you will receive what you ask for. This is Jesus speaking in Luke. Keep on seeking and you will find. 
keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives everyone who seeks finds and everyone who knocks the door will be open to them he says this with man this is impossible but with god all things are possible that's matthew 19:26 how many of you guys are facing an impossible situation today are you listening to the impossibility of that situation or are you listening to the life-giving words of Jesus? With man, yeah, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Jesus says in Matthew 5, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You've been persecuted for your beliefs lately? Blessed are you. Jesus says, uh, this in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. How many of you guys want to be known today? I know them and they follow me. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. How many of you guys need security today? This is the words of Jesus to you. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Are you guys asking for something today? And you're like, where is God? What is he going to do? Is he ever going to come through? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. I have told you these things in John 16, that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. <laughs> Sounds like today. But take heart. I have overcome the world. How many of you guys need to hear that today? Can I get a hallelujah? Take heart. I have overcome the world. Oof, I needed to hear that today. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Matthew 23, 12. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. The thief cometh not, but to still kill and destroy. I am come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. John 10, 10 through 11. Matthew 6, 34. Don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus says this. For tomorrow will bring on its own worries. Don't worry about tomorrow. You guys, I could go on and on and on and on Here's one, Mark 11, 24 through 25. Whatever you ask in prayer, believe you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your father may forgive your sins also. If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and look for that one that wandered off? Those who have wayward children tonight. If he finds it, truly I say, he is happier than one sheep, with that one sheep, than the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Listen, guys, I could go on and on and on. What I have found 
about God's words, no one can encourage me the way God's words can. No one. I don't care who you are. I mean, I love my mom. She's pretty amazing. But I can talk to my mom and not get the life that I get from the words and the pages of scripture. God is the one when he speaks that will bring life. Therefore, his words are the words that we must give the most weight to. I love that it says in the word, every word of God is tested. Do you, do you understand that? Every word that God says is tested. It's tested to be true. So when the Lord speaks to us through his word or through his spirit, it has been tested. Okay. Um, Isaiah, it talks about none of God's words will return to him void without accomplishing the purpose that they have been set forth for. Nothing that God says is not going to have effect on the people that truly receive it. Okay. God's words are the ones that we should be giving the most weight. So many of you guys are listening and um, you're discouraged. You're frustrated. You're upset. Whatever situation you find yourself in, in this very single second right now, nothing that your husband says, your mom says, your children say, even maybe even your pastor says, is reaching that angst that you have inside of you. I would encourage you with this today. Maybe you've been listening too much to their words and not enough to his words. I just want to bring you back. I want to bring you back to the powerful, life-giving word of God. Last night, you guys, I was um, putting Moses to bed. And uh, Moses is so precious. Like he is someone that I feel like he's like, he's going to be one of those people. And he already is. But as he grows, um, he's going to be one of those people in life. And we tell him this all the time that he's just liked. He's just a very likable, (laughs) lovable little dude. Like this guy is like, he smiles all the time. He's happy all the time. He is, you know, he laughs a lot. He gets in trouble for laughing all the time, but he's, he's just such a laugher. And last night I was in his bedroom saying goodnight to him. We put our kids to bed, obviously. Um, you know, they're young, so we still put him, put him to bed every night. And he was scared and he was, you know, he was just scared. And every, every night he says, mommy, will you pray for me? Like he asked me to pray for him. I'm like, yes, yes, I'm going to pray. I've prayed every night for, for seven and a half years that you were born. I'm not stopping now. But the Lord told me last night as I was putting him to bed, he's really scared. He's in this weird, he's like scared of every sound in our house. And you know, there's lots of sounds in our house with all these people, but something in me uh, something in me, which I know is God said, read Psalm 91 over your son. I picked up, he, I just bought him a Bible two weeks ago. I picked up Psalm 91, which is the passage of scripture that saved my life. 
And I read it over him and I started to explain to him the shelter that we have in the Most High God. I started to explain to him um, what God would do to protect him. I started to explain to him the angels that God commands to protect us, according to Psalm 91. And then I told him about the servant. um, I told him about Elisha and his servant. When Elisha looked at his servant, when his servant was terrified, and he said, don't fear, because those that are with us are greater than those that are with him. His entire demeanor changed instantly. Listen, I've been telling him this stuff for <laughs> forever. There's nothing to be afraid of. I'm right here. If you need me, daddy's here. We're here. No one's going to, everything's fine. But when I broke open God's word, he was at peace. He slept all night in his room. He told Haven, Haven, don't be scared tonight because angels are watching out for you and God commands them to protect you. She's like, what? (laughs) I want to bring you back to that childlike reliance on the precious life-giving word of God. It changes the atmosphere in a sentence. It changes your perspective sometimes with just one word. Come back to giving God's word more weight over your life than what they said to you last night, what they said to you last year, what they said to you 10 years ago. Stop giving that thing so much power. Give his word that position in your life and watch it change. Okay. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I love God's word. Okay. I'll be back next week. We're going to talk about your words, specifically your words. I'm going to go into that a lot. And then the week after that, we're going to talk about their words. And, um, I really am excited about, um, talking about those because we, we really need to (laughs) in our culture. I'll be back right after the break with a question from one of you and a story about what God's doing in your life. I'll see you in a sec. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. Okay, guys, during the break, we have a little praise party over here. We got one of the team members got a word from the Lord during the recording. I mean, we're all sharing words that we've not 
been able to get over, even though we're all adults. So let me tell you, the Lord is amongst us and he is speaking and he wants you to receive his words and put more weight in his words than anyone else's as well. I believe this is exactly in line with his heart and what he tells us from his word. So um, that was really fun. But here's a question from one of you, you guys. How can kind words heal what the hurtful words do? It feels like hurtful words do more damage than kind words can fix. And guys, this is really funny. The name of the person that sent this question in, uh, her name's Autumn. (laughs) So I love her already. Let me read it again. How can kind words heal what hurtful words do? It feels like hurtful words do more damage than kind words can fix. And Autumn, I love your name. I would say to this, yes, it depends on how much weight you give the hurtful words and how much weight you give the kind words. I think hurtful words tend to be the ones that we remember just because they're so hurtful. But I can remember times in my life where I decided to shut down all the criticism because I was getting so much criticism. I decided to shut it off, shut it down, not listen to it. And I started to just literally, I I used to have a hundred Bible verses all over my kitchen with sticky notes everywhere. So when I would get up, I would walk into my kitchen and I would see a life-giving word. And that is what replaced all the negativity I was sensing. We have to decide in our own minds what words we're going to let in and what words we're going to reject. And the harder words we want to receive, we want to believe just because they are so hurtful and they make a mark and they make a scar. But if we purpose in our minds, no, Lord, I'm going to give that word to you. Heal me from the uh, wound that this caused in my life. We might not forget it, but we can live not a slave to it. And um, we were just talking about hurtful words that people have said over us and things that have been spoken to us over the years. But I will truly say that a lot of these things I used to hold on to, I can't forget, but I am not submitted to those hurtful words anymore because I've surrendered them over to, to the Lord and let him deal with them. So Autumn, God bless you, my sweet sister. You have to determine what words you're going to give weight and what words you're going to reject. And the hard words need to be surrendered and the life-giving words need to be received. Okay. I hope that helps you. Okay. Here's an amazing story about what God is doing in your life. You guys are on fire out there with these stories. Um, This Mary says this, my husband and I adopted our one-year-old son and he is perfect in every way. And I love that they adopted y'all know my heart for that. Our desire for him to have a sibling has been on our heart, but we struggle with infertility. I've been so focused on the negative that I've forgotten about God answering my prayer to become a mom and giving us our son. I just wanted to reach out and say what a blessing you and your team are to me. I listen to your podcast just about every week. Well, hey, Mary, what's up, girl? Um, And don't disrespect the yes really brought me a lot of freedom. And Mary, this is so 
amazing that God answered your prayer to adopt your son. I know what that was like. I lived that process twice. And I'm telling you what, I remember in our process, the Lord telling me when we got the first half of our process was not very good. But I remember God saying, you will not be put to shame out of Isaiah. You will not be put to shame. And I remember matching up that word with my deep desire to adopt. I had no idea how miraculously God was going to give us Moses and Haven. I had no idea how it was going to happen, but God did it. And sure enough, I can testify today, Mary, that I was not put to shame. I was overwhelmed with these two precious little blessings. And um, I just believe that God is going to do that same thing for you. So thank you for reaching out. And I am just so I'm just so thankful for all of you guys that listen on a regular basis. You know, we keep the the numbers and and through the summer, a lot of times like numbers of podcasts and even church and stuff like that go down a little bit just because people go out of town and, you know, they go on vacation, which they should. I mean, it's, it's the time to rest. But y'all have been so faithful that we have seen our, um, just all of our listeners are so consistent and so faithful. And I just want to say thank you that ministers to me and what we're doing that ministers to all of our team. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, um, just being so faithful for listening, for writing in. We just love you guys so much. Let me pray us out. And then I'll see you next week talking about your words. Lord, we love you today. And God, I just... I treasure your word. I treasure what you say. I treasure, Lord, I would not be where I am today without your words directing me, without your words guiding my path, guiding my footsteps. I would not be where I am today. So Lord, I thank you that your words are trustworthy. In a world where we don't know who to trust, what to believe, you can be trusted. Your words are tested and God, they bring life. So I thank you for that. And God, I thank you for everyone who's listening today that is struggling with a situation in their own life. God, I pray that they would come back like we talked about to your word, read it, get a passage of scripture that they can stand on God, that they can just believe for Lord. I pray that they would come back, they would read your word, and Lord, that you would encourage them. And God, um, we just love you, and we bless your name, and I just thank you for this opportunity with all my family out there. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, love y'all. I'll see you next week on the Autumn Miles Show. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Miles Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. 
Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Mile Show.